What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke 2022. Happy New Year, Stack. Happy New Year, my brother. What's good? Man, I can't call it, man. Just uh, got done with ESPN. Hurried home. Excited about our guest today. Yeah, me too. WNBA legend, North Philian, NCAA champ, Olympic gold medalist, the highest paid female coach is it in sports or just basketball? I'm thinking sports. So say that. Welcome, yeah, man. Say welcome that. to the show. Say that. Don, Don say that, Stanley. Dan. Say that, Dan. <laughs> man, that's that, crazy. That, that's not in sports. Serena, Serena tops that big time. <laughs> no, I'm talking about as far as coaching. Coaching. Basketball, coaching? Coaching. Yeah. They can't be, you got you're that. the highest paid women coach, period, though, right? No, no. I think uh, Gino at, at UConn. Okay. All right, well, you up there. You making good money, man. Congra- <laughs> congratulations, first and foremost, on that deal. Obviously, your, your, your track record speaks for itself, but I love to see that you're rewarded because it's, it's giving women now another visual. You know, you, you did it in, in, in the sports. Now you're succeeding in, in, in coaching, too. So we definitely want to congratulate you on your big deal and all this success. Thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you all for having me starting this 2022 season. Uh, uh, episode off. Uh, I, I watch y'all. I mean, I listen to y'all. I, I appreciate you guys giving raw thoughts and and letting us in the the inside of your your thoughts and your vision. And that's that's pretty darn cool. So if you watch, that. so if you watch, you know you're my favorite uh, female player of all time. Yeah, Jack yeah, you spoke told me you a that. lot. 
Yeah, he told yeah, me that. yeah, yeah. I say that. I say it all the time. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what's up. So again, seven-year deal has you through the twenty-seven, twenty-eight season. Um, looking back on your journey, uh, starting as a child, a player, um, now a coach, and and what do you make of all this? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I love basketball. Like I, you know, it, it was, I, I never cheated on it. Like it was the one thing that I, I was loyal to. Um, I didn't care what anybody else was doing. I was singularly focused on, on sports and it wasn't just basketball. Cause I played, I played football, tackle, like on the cement. Mm-hmm. Um, I played baseball, <laughs> softball. I, I mean, we, I used to live in a project. Yeah, we I used to live in the projects and there were like row homes around this big field. And this big field had it had a basketball court, it had a softball field, it had a baseball field, and then it had just space. And when you have just space, you know, you're resourceful. You you create like we could get we could get a five gallon can of paint. And we used to draw not straight, we used to paint lines <laughs> to create like a track. Yeah, so right. I mean, we had like the Olympics out there in the middle of the project. So, I mean, I, I was doing what all the neighborhood guys were doing mm-hmm. and it, it certainly is it's paid off. So it's a cool were, feeling. Were you the only girl back then battling with all the boys? Only girl. Yeah, only girl. Okay. Now you Not only do you get ridiculed from the guys, but their girlfriends thought I was, I had an alternative motive. Like, <laughs> I'm just out there to play, like, right? Yeah, really. Like, do you, do you understand? Like, I'm, I'm playing with, like, they're dirty and sweaty at this point. They don't look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. How, how's the season going so far in South Carolina this year? We're doing pretty good. We actually, um, you know, we, we, we were the number one team in the country for a while. We took an L last Thursday to Missouri. Um, but something just happened today where uh, the new poll came out and and they actually they 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 continue making us the number one team in the country. I, I haven't mm-hmm. saw that before, but we played a tough schedule. Like we played probably six out of the ten top teams in the country. So I mean, it's good to see the you know the decision makers in women's basketball, especially the poll, treat us and respect us in that in that manner because it is not often felt in that regards well yeah I, I think you kind of earned that respect last season you took the team to the final four you lost you lose to Stanford um what are you building on that different this year than last year I know you're still trying to get healthy my favorite Raven Raven is still dealing with an injury you know what I'm saying my girl um the first ever player in the all boys uh, high school all-american game you know what I'm saying shout out to Raven uh but um what are you gonna change this year what are you working on this year to be better uh, from last year well, um, appreciate you shouting out Raven because it came at a time in which she, she was down. Um, the injury mm-hmm. just happened and you send the video out. Appreciate that, Stax. Yeah. But but we we lost in the final four to Stanford. Uh, we we had two opportunities to 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 win the game. So yep. one mm-hmm. one one player had a layup. Uh, she missed it. We had another player follow it up and try to mm-hmm. try to lay it in. And and it's that margin of error that we're working, we're working with like mm-hmm. that inches. And when we when we practice, uh, we practice from that margin of error. When we play, we keep that margin of error 
in mind because we don't want that heartbreak of, of if we're that close to competing for a national championship, we, we want to make sure that we, we cover, we're checking off all boxes when it comes to just making sure that it, it, it doesn't come down to that. But if it does, it's familiar to us. All right, let's talk about how important women's basketball. Uh, I'm honored to this month to be uh, hosting the first ever uh, high school elite uh, women's basketball showcase hosted by NBA player. I'm the first to do it, and I'm hosting one um, this in January uh, in a couple weeks. What, tell me, tell me how important uh, female basketball is to you. We had a great relationship with Kobe, and, and he spoke on how important it was to him, and it's, and it's just as important to us. But to you, for somebody who's being a uh, somebody who started it, uh, a founder, and, and somebody who a lot of people look up to in, in the in the basketball space now, being one of the highest paid coaches, how important important is it, is it to you, and to see how it's growing? Well, I mean, I've, I've always like I, I'm old school. I, I've been around the block. You know, I played on every level, um, and I and I as you were saying that this was the first, and you're a part of it. I, I go back. I was I was in a, and I'm not I'm not trying to pump up myself, but I was in a, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was in a Spike Lee commercial with Lisa Leslie and Cheryl Swoops, and they interviewed us about that particular commercial. And in that commercial, I I said basketball is basketball. Like it, it doesn't matter what gender. Mm-hmm. Basketball is basketball. Like mm-hmm. you, you all played at the highest level. I played at the highest level. Mm-hmm. There, your thrill was as much as my thrill. Right. You know, your your defeat was hit me as hard as my defeats. Mm-hmm. Um, you put in the work, just like I put in the work. Right. And it's it's genderless. If if you pour into something something good's going to come out of it. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're you're stamping your name on it is going to give it some validity. Um, the fact that you're the first and hopefully won't be the last, right. it's going to open up some doors for some some other um, guys to, to pour into to girls basketball because at, at the end of the day, it's basketball is just basketball. Thanks. Let's talk about your upbringing. Your mom started in South Carolina. Moved you guys to Philly. Um, what was it like growing up in Philly? One of five children. You said I mean outside, obviously playing outside with the kids and stuff. But what was it? What was your family dynamic like? Um, this, this I got to give you the, the back story to my my mom. Just my mom was born and my my mom and dad were born in South Carolina, and the reason why my mom had to travel to Philadelphia was because um, my grandmother, her mother sent her to a, a, like a butchery to get some, some meat. And um, the, the butcher went to the back and brought my mother back some meat from the back. And my mom looked at the meat and was like, no, we, you know, we don't, we don't want that meat. We want the meat that's, that's here, you know, that I see. Mm -hmm. And, and the butcher was like, no, you're going to, if you want this meat, you're going to take this meat. And my mom is a sassy, she was a sassy lady. Um, she wasn't going to take, you know, what looked like spoiled, rotten meat back to, mm-hmm. back to the house. Mm-hmm. And, and that butcher told her to get out of his store and to never come back. And when you live in the South, when they say those words, it, it doesn't mean don't ever come back to the store. It means you better get out of town. 
Mm-hmm. That was that was back in the day. So mm-hmm. my grandmother heard about the interaction and sent my mother to Philadelphia. And this was a time in which I wasn't born. So my mother was in Philly for a long time. And then, you know, she had five kids and and she built her life around being in Philadelphia. And I think it was probably the best move for 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 us as children, um, because we Philadelphia was a lot more progressive than it was here in the South back in that day. And, you know, I'm, I'm allowed to you know, I was allowed to, to play a sport, to, you know, be in the city in which um, there, there's so many so many resources and outlets to play. And and I, I grew up in a household that that was that was disciplined. Like like I was afraid of my mom. I was afraid of my mother. Like she thought at times when I was out in the big field playing at all times of the day and night, she would she would sneak up on me and just to make sure that I was where I was. And then once she saw that I was persistently going out there, she she was she was good with it. So Philadelphia, North Philly projects. Um, Raymond Rosen. Place. Raymond Rosen. Hey, Hank Gathers grew up the same same, uh, projects. Yeah. Obviously developed, you know, the love of the game and the the passion playing outside. But when did it kind of narrow to just basketball? How old were you then when you just knew, okay, I could really do this? You know, when I I was in eighth grade, I I received a a letter from Dartmouth, like Dartmouth, the the Ivy League. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it... You know, now that I'm in coaching, I know that letter was just a a, a, a camp invitation. But to me, it was interest. To me, it was like a, you know, what is a ray of hope of possibly going to play in college. And, and that's when I knew that I, I probably need to leave these other sports alone and let, let me concentrate really on basketball. And and basketball was a, you know, was a sport I could play year round, outdoors, indoors. And I, from from that letter on, my concentration was fully on just playing basketball. What was it like for you and your family when Nike did the mural ahead of the 96 Olympics? A um, hundred foot, for those who don't know, a hundred foot mural uh, born in Philly, grew up on the corner of 25th and Diamond. What how what did that mean to you specifically? And then also, how did your family feel about it? Well, I mean, Nike Nike is, you know, forward thinking. Um, I, you know, I, I played I play with household names, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, you know, Teresa Edwards. All, I mean, they are well-known. I was just a point guard and probably just took a more um, service role. Just service. I just want to win. It doesn't matter how it looks. I just want to win. Um, but after having several conversations with Nike and the, and the powers that be about sneakers, because I knew sneakers, um, I think they they took a liking to me. Uh, I mean, I I was just real. Just I was just talking to them. You know, I don't. I didn't know if that was hurting their feelings or whatever. Because sometimes when people want real conversations, they really don't want you to say what's on your mind, right. mm-hmm. but you're asking. So I gave it to them and then they, you know, they, they told me about the eight story mural that we're going to do in my hometown when, when the USA national team was going to play a, an exhibition game there. And then I, you know, I told my, 
you know, I told my family that it was going to take place. And, you know, when you grow up in the projects, you know, you, you're not really fully understanding what that is. Like, right. I, I really did it. So when we when we got into Philly, the national team and and they, they the ceremony was going to be the next day. I did. I, I actually had somebody drive me by there mm. just so just so I could check it out and see. And then I was I was floored because I mean, it, it is in downtown Philly, um, eight stories like it's, it's larger than life. I had to tell my mom to, to meet me down there the next day. My mom is still my mom was a southern woman. You know, she did not drive, didn't have a driver's license. So she took public transportation everywhere. But if you ever if you ever were, was in a car with her, and you were driving, she could tell you exactly what small every yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. So yeah. so when she got down there, we were already there. So I saw her walk up, you know, and it's it's a proud moment. Like it, it brought her to tears um, to see her a baby girl up on the eight story building, a building that she she's on the bus and she rides by, right. you know, you know, every week. So it was, you know, it was just, it was just it, it, incredible because again, I wasn't the one of the ones that I didn't have a shoe at first. Cheryl was the first one that got a shoe. Lisa got a shoe. So, you know, you're, and I, there was no jealousy or anything like that. I, I actually don't like the spotlight, um, but I, I did like the spotlight when in my hometown right, because it, right. it just gives so more. much more to all those people in, in, in the projects. Mm-hmm. Aspiration. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With that said, it was said that your mom didn't really know how nice you were on the court. When did your mom and your family really start kind of understanding your special talent? You know, you know how family members are. They they don't really really want to give you your just do because they want to keep you humble. Right, you can't right. do it until you do it to them. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think my mom really knew um, how good I was until probably, probably when I when when I started getting like like hundreds of of letters from colleges um, and they, they were coming to the projects right in the mailbox. And I think that's when she knew um, she had a pretty talented daughter. Um, and, you know, with my brothers, like my, my brothers and sisters, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't have like college aspirations because we knew we couldn't afford it. So nobody was really thinking about that. So, you know, in the, in the neighborhood, yeah, they knew I was pretty good. Because I was playing, you know, I was I was being one of the first to to play in the pickup game, so they knew I was pretty good, uh, according to the you know the the neighborhood. But as far as nationally, you know my you know my skill set wasn't tested, um, and and they they couldn't see just how good I was until I started to play in you know in college and, and got on the AAU circuit. And even then, they didn't even come see me playing the AAU circuit because it was. It was out of town. So um, college is probably when, you know, I was uh, I, I was actually deemed pretty good then. <laughs> so once college becomes a goal and an option, when did, you know, obviously there's no WNBA when you're in college. Um, making that jump overseas is a possibility, but, you know, that was something that's always, you know, questionable for certain people. When did life professionally as basketball, when did that kind of start coming into your mind and, and what were your plans seeing that you had a lot of success in college as well? I mean, I, I wanted to play basketball for as long as possible. Like I, in 19, I graduated in 92. I tried out for the Olympics, the 92 Olympic games and went to the trials and got cut. Now you got, you got to understand like in 1992, I was college, college basketball's player of the year, like two time player of the year. And I went to the Olympic trials and um, and that was the year, if you remember, that's when the pros were allowed to come into the Olympics. So in the original dream team in 92. Right. Yep. So I think that the, the women's program wanted to mirror the dream team and, and getting all professional players. Mm-hmm. So that that left me off because I didn't have any international experience. Um, so 
I got cut. Uh, and the reason why I got cut, because when when you're on the when you're trying off on the Olympic team, they do actually tell you, they give you some feedback as to why you didn't make the team. So the two things that I remember them telling me was one, I was too short, and two, I didn't have enough international experience. Now, now mind you, you know, one other player on that that made the team was shorter than me. So I don't know how they came up with I was too short. But I, I, I say this, if I didn't have that, you know, that disappointment at that time, I really wouldn't be able to appreciate being a three-time Olympian, three-time gold medalist. So sometimes, you know, life throws yeah. you a curveball. You, you just have to deal with it and and not let it get you down. It should just actually fuel you to want right. to get better. I mean, I, I only only wanted to do two things when I was growing up in the projects because because these are the two things that I saw women play. And that was in a national championship game in college and the Olympics. Those two things I just wanted. I had a goal. And then probably the the overarching goal when I realized that this was achievable was I wanted to be a Hall of Famer. Those are like the three selfish things that I wanted. Other than that, I didn't really set goals. And I and I still to this day, I, I really don't set goals. I just kind of let 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 my path be as divinely ordered as it is. I like that. Since you were speaking on the Olympic team, three-time gold medalist, tell us what it was like on those teams kind of gaining, getting the respect. Do you feel like you guys feel like you got the respect you deserved? Um, because, again, women's basketball has been fighting for footing, you know, since its, its inauguration. Uh, but you guys had an exceptional team, a bunch of Hall of Famers, three-time gold medalists. Do you guys feel like you guys got the respect? or you, Was it always a constant, like, we got to go get it every time we go out there? So, I mean, back in, back in, like, my first Olympic Games was 96. And because we were hosting it in Atlanta, um, we, we trained for, for 15 months prior to the Olympic Games. You know, when it, when it, whenever a country hosts the Olympic Games, they, they invest. They invest money in the teams and sports because they want to do well. So they invested in our team. They they gave us $50,000 for that year. And that was, that, was pretty, that was pretty good for me, for some of the other players like Teresa Edwards and Katrina McClain, who was, who was making six figures over there every year. It was a huge pay cut, but that, they're from Georgia, so they wanted to play in the Olympic Games. And um, you know, playing, with, playing with that particular team, I think that team was the team that kind of spearheaded women's basketball and put 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 us at a place both collegiately and professionally just giving us or well, we were the guinea pigs of of professional uh, professionally because after that after we were done with that that olympic games two professional leagues were birthed the WNBA and the ABL and i believe 9 out of the 12 players on the olympic team played in the ABL and three of the other players Play, actually, the three players were Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, and Rebecca Lobo. They opted to go play in the WNBA. So it was cool. Like, the more the merrier. Like, if the more professional women's leagues that start up, the more job opportunities there would be for women. And I was all for it. 
UVA, University of Virginia. Um, you left there. You was three-time All-American, finished as Virginia's all-time leading scorer and all-time leading assist. But both of those have been broken since, you, since then. Um, how did it feel um, going to UVA, and was it any other options besides UVA? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I was recruited. I was, I was actually the number one um, high school player in the country. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't know how you do that, but they, they chose me. I, I never actually, I went on maybe one AAU um, circuit, like one. I actually put, participated in the very first one. Um, so I was, I was the high school player of the year. So, I mean, every, every school came after me, like, like hundreds of them. Um, I chose to, I chose to go to Virginia for, (laughs) for two reasons. And one of them, obviously I didn't want to go to a school that had already won a national championship because I wanted to be a part of that legacy. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was, I mean, it's the strangest thing that that attracts us, but I didn't want to go to a school that had like traditional dorms, like you know, like you go, you 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 got a roommate, and then you got to take your bucket down the hall and go shower and oh, you know, yeah, 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 that like like that. Was, I mean, I lived in a project, so I wanted I wanted college to be a step up. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I had to share a room with my sister. And that's as far as I wanted to go. Share a room with someone. Yeah. And then Virginia had these dorms where there were four rooms. You share the room with the roommate. And then you had you had two showers and you had two two stalls. And then you had like a common area. So it was it was almost like an apartment. Right. And then the other yeah. schools that I the other school that I was very serious about was Penn State. And they had the old the old old school dorms and I I <laughs> I really couldn't do it. So the non-negotiable was the dorms. So I went to yeah. I went to Virginia. I, that's a crazy. Uh, I've heard a lot of reasons <laughs> why people pick schools. I've never heard stuff like that, but that's good. I feel you because I was, I was at UCLA. We had, they had us set up nice there, and I couldn't imagine like some schools they had like. But in summer school, one time I had the situation where you had a roommate and you had to walk down the hall to the shop. I'm like, hey, I left summer school. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Nuh-uh. You end up winning a national championship in 2017 with South Carolina. Do you feel like that made up for you not winning one while you was playing, from you being so good and not bringing one back to UVA? Yeah, it, it actually did because it took it took almost like 27 years to win one, and I had to get into coaching to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was so special. It was so special that um, when we won. I, I made sure that that every like former player of mine, because I coached at Temple and I'm coaching at South Carolina. When we won every every player prior to 2017, I got them a miniature a miniature national championship trophy. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I got all of my Virginia teammates miniature national championship trophies. All of all of the people that. Coach with me at Temple in South Carolina. I got the miniature national championship trophies because this this was a dream far beyond 2017. Right. Um, and I had I had teammates and I had former players that believed in that dream that we we didn't get it done. So I I want I didn't want them to miss out on that opportunity of feeling that. And then on the back of it, I put their name and I just said because of you. 
Ooh, Simply. That's really that's dope. dope. You, don't hear, you don't hear stuff like that too often. That's what's up. I, I knew she was a real one. I told you that. I knew that. <laughs> hey, so tell me this. What was the feeling when you went back for your Jersey retirement? Mm, um, I, I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't remember that. Like, like I mean, really, honestly, I know that, that stuff... I mean, there it's nice, but I mean it's nice, but I I mean I I wanted Hall of Fame. Mm. Ask me about Hall of Fame, like ask me about mm. Hall of like that is yeah. that, and I'm not trying to take any. I mean, I'm grateful, I'm right. grateful, right? But there are just things that are like near and dear. Like you're, I'm in a Hall of Fame with the greatest of the greats. Yeah, but that's what you played for. You played to be one of the best. Yeah. Well, talk about it. What's it like? What's it like being in the Hall of Fame? It's, it's, I mean, it's it's cool. Like, I, I don't always go back to the ceremonies, but when I do go, like, I feel proud. Like, I feel like I belong. Mm-hmm. And, right. and and I started a I started an autograph collection, so I could I can get all the greats autographs when I go mm-hmm. there. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I I mean I got a, I got a pretty extensive collection of of Hall of Famers. Well, it, 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 it's kind of hard for some people to even think about that because, like, when people ask us about Kobe, like, when high school, his mind was different. Like, me, I'm just trying to get to the NBA and, and figure it out and make some money, take care of my family, and buy me a whip and some change. You know, that's what I'm thinking at the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Kobe, as a teenager, we knew what he was thinking. I'm going to be one of the best ever. So it's very few people can understand your understand your train of thought, you know what I'm saying, as you was growing up playing basketball and your mind frame. You weren't thinking just uh, make it to the WNBA. You was thinking, I'm going to be one of the best ever. That, that's it. You know, I got a Kobe story. I mean, I Kobe was was at Lower Marion when I was in Philly training for for the Olympic team. And he used to come to the he used to come practice with the Sixers like John Lucas was the coach. Mm-hmm. John Lucas used to work me out like I got a, I got a cool John Lucas story. I, I I've had knee trouble my whole career um, during that 15 months that we were training for the 96 Olympic Games, I used to go up to St. Joe's where the Sixers used to practice. And the Sixers weren't really that good at the time. So John Lucas, his his job was on the line. Like every day you were reading the paper, you know, it could be any day now that he gets fired. But he saw me, he used to ask me, why am I up here? And I told him I, you know, I had to have, I got to get surgery because my knee. He was like, "Look, let me, let me, let me send you to uh, uh, Doctor Andrews in Ooh. Birmingham." Damn. Like he That's paid good. for me to go Damn. to see the, the, the. He wanted me to see to get seen by the best of the best. Right. Right. Now I, I didn't like what Doctor Andrews told me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like it was it was ninety five, ninety five or ninety early ninety six. I went to Dr. Andrews and Dr. Andrews, you know, he did the x-rays. He looked at me and I'm, I'm 25, 26 years old at the time. And he looked at him. He was like, how old are you? I said, I said, I'm 25. He was like, he said, you, you, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get on the Olympic team. Like I'm trying to play. He was like, okay, well, you, 
you play this Olympic Games and then you need you need to hang it up. You know, if you want to run around with your kids later mm. in life, then you need to you need to hang it up. Mm. I had to get out of his office. <laughs> you I want to hear that. I want to hear that. So, but if I listen to Dr. Andrews, I probably would only be a one-time Olympian. Now right. I walk with a limp every day, but right. but, but I'll sacrifice it. that. It's, yes, it's, it's worth, worth it. it. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. was your uh, What was your Kobe story up there too? Kobe used to come. I used to work out at St. Joe's. Kobe used to come and work out at St. Joe's, and he used to get in. You know, it's probably a little tampering because he wasn't supposed to be working out with any protein. Mm-hmm. But he was he was out there, you know, oh. like like Kobe had his I mean, his nose was up, chest up like yeah. mm-hmm. he felt like he belonged. He would he would talk smack. He would dunk on people. He was a killer, like mm-hmm. at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And the see, you know, to see his career and, 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 and how much he impacted the game. And to see when he went into retirement, how much he impacted, you know, the girls' basketball and women's basketball just yeah. by just by being a girl dad. I mean, his dad, his legacy lives on in, in women's in women's in the women's basketball world. I know, I know what he's done for the NBA and around the world, but there's a special place in our hearts uh, for Kobe Bryant and Gigi. Yeah. Rest in sure. peace. No, he he definitely <clears throat> took that first step because obviously, you know, as as NBA players, we're fans of you guys. But I think getting the outside respect from maybe particularly NBA fans, I think when Kobe stepped out on that uh, on that limb and and really stood for you guys, I think that it, it kind of seemed like the tide had changed and you guys started getting talked about more. And now it's really everywhere. And I'm, I I just heard the other day they're starting an all women's version of something like ESPN that's just going to be strictly on women. So I think it's come. So far, and it, you know, you're you and you know some of your your former teammates had a lot to do with the foundation of that. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's amazing to kind of see where it started uh, to where it's gotten and heading definitely heading in the right direction now. So I mean, it's long overdue. I mean, you you're going to be good at whatever you invest in. You are. Right. I mean, we we can look at like like I mean, I, I I don't have any children, but I got a dog. I mean, he's pretty cool, pretty cool cat, right? Like. Mm-hmm. If if I didn't train him, like if I didn't like train him to be livable with me, mm-hmm. you know, he, he he wouldn't be worth anything. Right. But but now that I've trained him up and, you know, he he, he tells me when he's got to go out and potty. He tells me when he's hungry. He te- I mean, he looks into my eyes like he loves me. like he gives me signs like mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. It's the it's the same thing. If you pour into women's sports, there's something good going to come out of it. I mean, look at I mean, you you mentioned my salary, and I don't really you know. Again, I don't I don't really do it for the money, but it's nice. It's big. That's big yeah, still. It's, it's big, but I mean, that's the the very thing that's gotten the headlines was the was the money, and mm-hmm. for for me, it's more of this for other people. Like I'm right. I'm gonna enjoy it, but they're, they're, you know, they're investing. The University of South Carolina is, is investing in their women's basketball coach. And I'm just hoping that other, you know, other sports, other professions, other just in, invest. Now, I mean, I think I've earned it. Mm-hmm. I think I've earned it. Like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't ask for it. this. I wouldn't ask for this 22 years ago because I right. ain't earned it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But 22 years later and the sustained success, um, yeah. and you got to strike when the iron's hot too. So timing is important as well. But also yeah. just being an aspiration to to girls looking to take that route. Like you said, you took the sports route, now you're taking the coaching route. And so many people want to be involved in sports, but they may not have enough to be an athlete, but there's so many other ways to stay around the sport. And you, again, you coaching now is another way. So I think that's dope. So coming out of college, there was no WNBA yet. So you had to, uh, you know, go overseas uh, for a handful of years. Uh, you get back and the talk. So what was it about the ABL and then eventually the WNBA for you, which you made home? So, so during the, during that Olympic training year, um, like 95, um, the ABL, the ABL founders came to our team and they pretty much asked us to be a part of it. They said they were going to pay us $150,000 um, a year to be founding members. And all of us, all 12 of us agreed to do it because we didn't know anything about the WNBA. They didn't tell us about the WNBA to a, a few months later. Um, and then once the WNBA decided that they were going to start a league. Three of, you know, the, the, the more, you know, profound names in, in our game, Lisa, Cheryl, and Rebecca, they chose to go to the, to the WNBA. And then mm-hmm. nine of us chose to stay in the ABL because we, you know, we made a commitment to it. And, and I did it because I made a commitment to it. And then after spending two years, um, in the ABL, I decided just for, for personal reasons, like I had bad knees and the ABL was like the traditional basketball season. So it was eight months. So I wanted to play for much longer and the WNBA is like four or five months. Yeah. So I said, I need to hang my shoes up with the ABL and go to the WNBA so I can play a lot longer. And then I actually, I actually made the right decision at the right time because, you know, that, that following season, the ABL went under. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool that I, I got a chance to experience both, but yep. you know, the, the, the WNBA was that, and it is that, that carrot that's dangled in front of little girls who aspire to, you know, to be professional women's basketball players here in our country. Like, I look at Asia Wilson, like she doesn't know life without the WNBA. Like she grew up on the WNBA. And because of that, she might play a little bit harder. She might work a little bit harder. She might just, you know, just give more, like dedicate herself a little bit more because, you know, she knows there's there's a place for her to continue her career. Definitely. So, uh, 1999, you were the ninth overall pick to the Charlotte Sting. Shortly after that, you guys are headed to the NBA, or excuse me, the WNBA Finals. What was it like uh, to be a part of that? You know, obviously being drafted, but then finding success right away. I didn't. They didn't even invite me to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it, it was cool. Like you know, to be a part of a WNBA Finals, like in it in that particular Finals. Uh, we started the season like one in ten, like one in ten, and it's a thirty-four game season. Mm. So you know, we we made a move uh, uh, to to actually even get to the finals, but uh, to be able to play in the finals against you know one of who I think one of one of my most 
my favorite teammates, a good friend of mine, Lisa Leslie, um, was pretty cool to share in that spotlight with her. Uh, I mean, I, I ended up being on the losing end of the stick, but it was it was cool to share in that moment with her. August 1st, 2005, you was traded to the Houston Comets and you announced before the season that it'll be your last. Was it was the knees talking to you? <laughs> you know, it, it actually wasn't my knees. It was actually my heart. Like Really? Yeah, you know, you're you know, you I mean, we all go through some type of pain as as players. And right. you know, you 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 develop a, a strong like threshold for pain that, you know, that's secondary. It, you know it is, to it. Yeah, you, it's your it's your mentality, you know, that can get you over the edge. But I, I actually played in the WNBA one more year than I probably should have. And I only did that because I wanted to get it out of my system. And I was actually coaching and playing at the same time. So, right, right. so I had to get it out of my system so I wouldn't look back. And I, I didn't look back at all once I was done. I was tired of working out. Like I was... You know, I was mean. I was mean to my trainer, like mean, ornery, and I didn't. You know, I didn't feel like getting my body ready to play. I, I didn't. So I was like, "This is it." And and thankfully, I got through. And and I never looked back. I was fortunate that I was already in a profession of coaching and and being a dream merchant for young people. That it. You know, I I transitioned nicely into it. Yeah, you knew you made the right decision. Yep. Yeah, I, I, and that's crazy because with me, I I thought I'd never stop playing basketball, but my body started talking to me, and I like you said, just just preparing with knowing how you prepare to 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 play. You know, I played in the big three a couple of years, but but I couldn't do. It. I'm like, man, I, I love the game so much. Let <laughs> me try coaching. You know what I mean? And was able to win the championship. So I. We love the game so much. We might not play anymore, but we're gonna stay around the game as long as long as we can. That's just what we do. You you was you impacted the W the WBA so much that you have the community leadership award named after you. Talk about that. Uh I mean that's cool. Like really that that's cool because you know, as as athletes, um, we we want certain things. We want to be the best at what we do. And and, and sometimes because of that, people see, I mean, they see your heart. They see what you put into it. They see that um, you're a good teammate. They see that you are a great service woman to the game. Mm-hmm. And and they thought so much of that to bestow an award. Like, there aren't very many of them. I think it's me and Kim Parrott. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's another one. I don't know if there's another one, but... Um, that is something that's etched in in the history of the game, mm-hmm. and um, I'm 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 thankful because every year, every summer, I get to go and, and hand out like my award to mm-hmm. someone who's giving back to the community and who are who are leaders in giving back to the community. So, man, that that's 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 super cool. That's mm-hmm. that's really really cool because that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's something that you don't, you know, like I wanted to be an Olympian. I wanted to be a national champion. I didn't know that, you know, these awards could, you know, could be something, a part of my legacy. Who was your toughest matchups when you was in the WNBA? Toughest? Um, I mean, Teaspoon. Ooh, Teaspoon was, you know, used to get after it. You know, yeah. She used to get after it. 
She used to get oh, on my nerves. Yeah, she used to get on my nerves. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I look forward to it though. Like, you know, right. we 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 life. had battles. Like, you know, you were gonna get her best. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was gonna get my best. And that's when, you know, you you have lasting memories of that because when you when you can look back on it and say she's the one that that gave you the most trouble, those are memories because I, I don't remember half of the people that I played against because right. they, they didn't they ever impress me that much. Right. Right. Saying a lot. Who you like watching today in the WNBA? I mean, uh, let's see. Who my 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 favorite all-time WNBA player, she's retired now, Tamika Catchings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like I like to watch our, my, you know, the kids that I coach. They, right. They're grown women now, but Asia, Ty Harris, um, Elena Coase, Kayla Davis, um, Tiffany Mitchell. Like I, I like to see our the ones that you know I that suited up with with us every day. I like to see their growth and how they how they mature over the years. You got some cold guards over there now, too. We got some future WNBA players. <laughs> yeah, y'all got we some do. guards. We do. We do. <laughs> so you say you don't set many goals. Um, getting an Olympic gold was one of them. What was that moment actually like once you won it? I mean, I, I'm going to give y'all a story. Like once, once I, like, once I got it, like, I mean... I, when I when I go back and look at, I don't look at, but you sometimes they show like little small snippets of us receiving our gold medal on different, like the you know Olympic channel and all of that. Um, in '96, when they got to me and they were going to put the gold medal around my neck, I told them to give me mine. <laughs> like I said, give me mine because that was you know that was a lifelong dream. But I'm gonna tell you after that after that moment, I think I got a little depressed. Because when you when you achieve like a lifelong dream, it's like, well, what's next? Like, really, what's next? I know that the ABL was next, but something came over me. Like, I wasn't motivated to do anything. Um, and that was like the weirdest feeling that I've that I like it. And it has never happened to me again. That was the only time. But um, my coach. Um, in the ABL, her name's Lisa Boyer. She actually is is our assistant, our associate head coach here in South Carolina, and she's been with me for the past twenty years. Um, she was my my coach in the ABL. She just gave me some time off before training camp, and that was the time off that I needed to kind of re rejuvenate and get myself ready to go back at it and and, and play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You gave your first gold medal to your mom. What was that experience like? I mean, you know, you know how special mothers are. Like, you know, mothers are, you know, ones that are there for you on good, bad, ugly days. And they're the most consistent people. I mean, they're the ones that believe in you. They're the ones that humble you. They're the ones that um, pay for the sneakers, like, that you got to wear. They pay for the clothes, like, and... To be able to give my mother that tangible gold medal, uh, it's priceless. It's 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 priceless, and I know that. Um, I know. I mean, she didn't really want it. I mean, she she, <laughs> she she wanted me to have it, you know. But to be able to do that is, you know, I mean, brought tears to her eyes. And there's nothing more than than gratifying and making your mother proud. Mm-hmm. Nothing like it. Right. Nothing in the world like it. 2004, you're unanimously chosen to carry the Olympic flag during the opening ceremonies. Kid from Philly. What's that like? The GOAT. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you all the process of, uh, of how a flag bearer is voted in. And I was a part of the process. And the process is all the captains of all the teams at the Olympics, we come together in one room. And we so bring... So how many, not to cut you off, like how many people is that? Yeah, it, it's about 20, 25 people. Okay. Right? So we come together. My my teammates and the men's team, they said, we want you to nominate yourself. Right? That's dope. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm in the room with... 20, 25 people, and everyone brings in candidates for flag bearer. And then we had some other people on the phone. And there's nobody in the room that's 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 a candidate besides me. And you you actually have to discuss each and every person. So and, and I'm talking about people who have suffered, like they've come back from career-ending um injuries. And to come back to compete in the Olympic Games, I'm talking people have, um, they've had cancer and they've beat cancer. And then and then I have to get up in the room and speak in front of everybody. And I, I basically just said, this is what I said. I said, this, this is my third Olympic Games. Um, I'm currently um, the coach at Temple University and I also play in the WNBA. And... Um, and I have a foundation, the Dawn Staley Foundation, and I service uh, middle-aged girls in, in North Philly. 
And, and I'm it. undefeated. <laughs> and, and that was it, right? And then you hear the other candidates and you hear what they're about. And then we say, okay, it's time to vote. So they take a vote for the top five. And they come back and they say, they give us the list of the top five. And I was on it. And I'm just like, really, like, I didn't really compare to what was happening. And then we say we take a, another vote for the top three. And it's it's happening this quick. And then I'm, you know, I'm a part of the, the list of three. And I'm really like looking around the room, like really, like, is, am I being pranked? Right, <laughs> and then they we they we go back and we do another for the for the flag bearer, and they come back and they said it's me, and honestly I didn't really know the magnitude of it, and I had been a part of three Olympic games, and I you know we as the basketball like it was the dream team, so we always go in last, like when you when you're going into an Olympic ceremony like the opening ceremony. Like all the other athletes go, and then for the protection of really the dream team, we all and, and we go in last. So I never knew what the flag bearer was because we always went in last. Um, and then our administrator, she met me outside of the room, and I said, "Yeah, Carol, Carol Callen." I said, "They they voted me in as the flag bearer." She was like, "Really?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." Like so, I'm like, "What now?" Like she, I said, "They told me not to tell anybody." She was like, let's, let's get your mom on the phone. Let's call your yeah. mom, right? Yeah. So I, I actually told my mom, like, if I didn't know what it was, I know my mother didn't know what it was, but she would soon find out that being a flag bearer means when they say the United States of the Olympics, you know, right. the United States, you're the first one that walks in Ooh. the stadium. Mm. Mm. But before that, they said, listen, as flag bearer, you can't dip the flag you walk in the stadium with a smile, no matter, no matter how you're received. Cause you, you know, as, as Americans, you you can get booed, you can get yeah. hissed, you don't even know how you're gonna be received. So I said, I can hold it up, I can hold the flag up and I can smile. I can do that part. I can I understand that assignment. I can I can do that. But what I didn't know is when your sport is the flag bearer, you get to come in first. Oh, okay. So the, the dream team, up. yeah, changed the order up, and yep. um, it it was the coolest thing, though. It was by far like I equated to like a a royal wedding when yeah. I walked into that 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 stadium. It was it was it was incredible. Wow, I mean, I've only I, we've never had a conversation. I've only known you as a fan, as a player, and as a coach, and then how highly Stack speaks of you. But to 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 hear that you're voted the flag bearer to hear that there's an award named after you. I mean, that speaks a lot about who you are as a person. Right. And there's, there's mm -hmm. not too many solid people out here. So we always want to just salute <laughs> the real ones here. So we, I just wanted to shout you out real quick, man, for just being a solid individual and continuing to motivate not just women, but everyone in general uh, through your actions, also your words. But most important to me is actions and, 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 and your actions speak very loudly. So we want to commend you for that. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Um, any fun stories while you were there? Your team with the guys' team, just Olympics overall. Any crazy Olympic stories? Funny stories? Yeah, I actually got I got one. Like, and it, it and it happened during like one of the one of the opening ceremonies. Like when I wasn't a flag bearer, but um, again, we're the last to come in, and you have to understand when you're with the dream team. It, it was a dream team in which Scotty Scotty Pippen was on. So 
when we come into the stadium and we're the last ones and and when it when the opening ceremony is over, like when it's over, and all chaos occurs <laughs> because all the other countries want to get pictures with the dream team. Uh, okay. Right? I got smashed. Like I I got smashed. <laughs> I'm sure Scotty Pittman picks me up and, and takes me to safety. He saw me get he saw me get swallowed up. <laughs> so it, that was a that was that was a, a cool story to, to yeah. share with you all. It was cool. Like uh let me see what other stories that I that I got to share. I, I actually got to see in, in 2000, I got to see one of um and it's, it's it's got a little dark cloud because it um what's her name? Marion the the, the Marion Jones. Jones, yeah, I got a chance yeah, yeah. to see her. Actually, run in the quarterfinals. I mean, we yeah, know what happened after that, but yeah, I, I, I witnessed that. I'm a, I'm a big boxing, mm-hmm. boxing fan. So I actually in '96 I got a chance to see. I don't know if y'all know, like David Reed. He's from mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a chance to see him, him fight. He, I don't think he had a, a strong pro career, but I got a chance mm-hmm. to see him fight. So is it cool? That, that, I always wondered that. So you guys can kind of whatever, as long as it doesn't conflict with your actual practice schedule games. But you guys can bounce around, and see whatever you want to see. We we you can get the tickets to anything. Yeah. Like most, I mean, most we we all supported the men's team, but I got track and field tickets are hard to get. Um, boxing tickets are a little bit easier to get. Swimming's hard to get, but sometimes you can you know you can get lucky and, and get some. But more times than not, you. You you get to see what you can you know whatever you want, what what event you want to see. Podcast, you're in the podcast game now. Tell us a little bit about that and why you wanted to start one. Oh, y'all the first ones to know this. I mean, y'all the first ones. <laughs> I haven't even unannounced. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we know everything hey, about you. <laughs> hey, but I should announce it on here then. What you got? <laughs> I'm not even a talker, so I don't even know how I got talked into doing a podcast, but. Um, the name of the podcast is uh, Net Life with Dawn Staley. The Net Life is obviously, you know, similar. The, the, the net symbolizes my basketball, my life, and mm. and and we're, we're, and I'm talking to people that uh, that's not just basketball. It's pop culture. It is, you know, is is you a sneakerhead? I, I I am so you know I I don't really consider myself a sneakerhead. You are though. I am. Yeah, I be You know, I follow you. You always post <laughs> some fly kicks. So you a sneakerhead? <laughs> I, I, I just like the ones that people can't get. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I like I like those. I, I mean, it's like it's like a competition. Yes, but then, yes. But then when I post them, you got you got the real sneakerheads saying they're fake. <laughs> they, yeah, they just they jealous. They jealous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just talking to like I I like I like to figure out what makes. The like successful people, great. Like, yeah. why are they so great in their profession and their fields? And and I I just think I I have a voice out there for for women, and I I, I want to put that on full display because now it's times like like talking makes me uncomfortable, but when you're uncomfortable, growth is taking place. So I always want to grow as a as an individual. And I'm just going to use this platform to to spread some good news. So if, if someone has, you know, if they're in the field or not, we know what 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 connects 
great people who are successful. And I want people to, I want people to eat. I want people to be great at what they do. And if, if words from other people help, let me give them the platform to, you know, to receive their information. You 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 also have something that money can't buy, and that's experience. Experience is the best teacher, and a lot of times that's all people want to hear. People ask us all the time, "Give us a story uh, about when you was in the locker room," because people will never see those things. You know what I'm saying? So experience is always the best teacher. People people love that. When it's all said and done, six time WNBA All Star, WNBA 10th anniversary team in 2006, WNBA 15th anniversary team in 2011, Hall of Famer and more accolades, what are you most proud of? I'm, I'm most proud of being an eyes beater. Because mm. that's, that's the sum of it all. Like, yep. I mean, growing up in the projects, you you know, people looking from the outside looking in, you're, you're not supposed to amount to anything. Yeah, you you know, the, the, yeah, the odds are stacked against you. So I beat the odds and I, I'm trying to share and, 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 and help out other people who just need a little ray of hope. And... You know, I reach back like I also just want to share too. like I, I went back. I went back to my neighborhood. When we won a national championship. I went back to my neighborhood. There's a rec center that I grew up playing. I grew up playing in. It was called the Moreland Recreation Center that was renamed the Hank Gathers Recreation Center. So I went back there and gave them a, a national championship replica trophy and a and a case. And it is. It lives there because that is, you know, as as any young person that walks through those doors, that's the hope. That's the dream to just say, hey, it's a tangible thing to say, hey, you know, that that hard work and that hardware was 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 honed in in these in this gym, on these rims, in this place. So so I just like to just just make sure that people that people can come up like I am all for people coming up and realizing their dreams and reaching their full potential. That's what's mm-hmm. up. Question real quick. Um, do you have any, you mentioned hate gathers twice. You have any hate gather stories or just, if not stories, how Philadelphia looked at him as a person? Yep. Well, I mean, hate gathers was, was the epitome of like hard work. Like you look at him play, he's working harder than any other player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's tragic death. He he couldn't work as hard as he normally worked. So he took less medicine. Yep. So, you know, he is the epitome of, of, of who we are as Philadelphians and as we blue collar workers. We only he only wanted to make it to the league. You know, he was one of them that wanted to make it to the league for his family. And that was cut short. And we don't know why things happened, but certainly his his legacy lives on and a lot of us. Um, we'll we'll never we'll never forget them. Absolutely, rest in peace. Uh, quick hitters. First thing to come to mind. Let it out. Top five greatest female athletes of all time. Your top Ooh, five. Good question. Yeah, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Nice. Um, Serena, Teresa Edwards, FloJo. FloJo. Um, style with it too. You know, before Serena, Steffi Graf was one of my favorites. Yeah. Steffi Graf. Yeah, wow. I'm dope. tennis. Yeah, yeah, she was live. Yep. Got to know about Steffi Graf. Uh, which album can you listen to on repeat with no skips? 
<laughs> Anything baby face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was that how you were? Were you someone? Because I, I, I was mixed, but were you were you someone listening to like rap rap or you or or R and B? What did you listen to to get you I'm, ready I'm for a game? I'm old school R&B and gospel. Like rap rap. Mm-hmm. I gotta listen to something I can I can actually understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rap rap, let me see. You know, I somebody told me, and I didn't know this. Somebody told me, you know, the roots is from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That they actually said my name in one of their songs. Mm. Actually, the, what you call his father? What's his name? Porter for the Nuggets. Michael uh, Porter. Michael Porter. Yes, Junior, Senior, who was a coach at Missouri on the women's side at first before he went to the men's side when his son, mm-hmm. you know, went to Missouri. He told me that. Okay. Small world. What's up? Yep. I gotta go. I gotta go find that song. See what she's talking about. <laughs> Courtside to relive, relive any game in history. Which one would it be? NBA? No, it could be any sport any game. period. Any game. Any game? In history. Any game. Oh. Sixers, 83 championship. Ooh. Courtside, huh? Courtside. Dr. J, <laughs> Mo Cheeks, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solid. Ty, five dinner guests, dead or alive. Oh, okay, it's a good one. Um, um, Oprah. Oprah would take up the whole conversation, though. Um, <laughs> Princess Diana. Ooh, that's the first. Yep. Um, on uh, Barack. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you guys stunning me with this one. Uh, dead or alive. My mom. Mm, nice. Mom. And um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little younger. I, I met her before though, so I'm not gonna say I was gonna say Serena, but I met Serena before. She was young then. Yeah, I met her at the Olympic Games. I'm gonna say I'm gonna bring Kobe back. Nice. Mm, got to. Mm-hmm. Ain't mad at that. Nice. If you could see any guests or have any guests on All the Smoke, who would it be? But before you answer the question, you have to help us get your answer on our show. Then I, that's a setup. It's a whole setup. I just get So good. you said any guest? Yeah, any yep. whoever you want to, who, who do you want to see on the show? Y'all gotta go get Serena. Shit. Tiger Woods. Oh, both ones. of them. Both of them. Yeah. Two good ones. <laughs> Both That's two good ones. Two good ones. Well, Dom, oh, 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 our 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 research team finest called 100 percent Dundee is the name this uh the song you're on by the roots. 100 okay. percent Dundee. So they 100 percent Dundee. Okay. Check All right. Out. Yeah, so check that out. In the I end. never heard it. I couldn't yeah. find it. He didn't know he didn't know the song, but he just said yeah. it. So 100 percent Dundee. All right. Okay. Again, shout out your podcast, Net Life. Featuring yourself on Just Woman Sports. When will that? Uh, when you guys drop it? We're dropping. We're dropping. I believe next week. Congratulations! Nice. That's what's up. Next you week. Hey, you need us? Let us know. We'll all be right, t- we'll always do. down. Always down. Well, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on all the accolades. 
coaching, uh, man, a role model, again, to not just women, but people in general. Uh, we'll be checking for you guys. And uh, thank you for your time, Don. Thank you so much. And thank you for all for giving women a platform and uh, and, and what may, many may seem is the all male space. But so I appreciate y'all, fellas. No, I appreciate no you. Thank you. You can check this out on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what kind of fun is waiting for you at king's island the holy cow we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.